Right, welcome everybody to another episode of 21 Going On 77. I am your host, Dwight, the old man of the crew. My Twitter ad is at 5172TO214. Joined again for another week, another beautiful weekend afternoon with the young prodigy, uh, the brains of the operation, young SJ. SJ, how you feeling? Hello, I'm feeling good. How are you feeling? Man, I cannot complain. I'm actually feeling great. Um, you know, I don't know if the listeners know, I got some things tightened up as far as my, my career path. So I'm feeling excellent. We, we have some real basketball to watch this week. You know, our, yes, sir. our, our Mavs are, are living, going through the Jason <laughs> Kidd experience, the good and the bad. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a good week. So, um, Let's get into it. Um, starting out, things you've seen from around the NBA that are not Mavericks related. What's what's caught your eye? What has impressed you? What has validated something you thought was going to happen? And what's something where you was just like, yeah, I didn't see that coming. All right. So, I mean, I guess I'll start with opening night. I was very excited for opening night. I, um, I was really excited for the games. We had a good slate of games. However, I did fall asleep <laughs> during like the first quarter of um, Lakers Warriors because I don't know how many of the listeners know, but um, I am a PhD student. So I can't like watch as many games as I did like last year. Last year I had, uh, I was taking a break from school. So I was not doing anything <laughs> and I worked at home so I could watch you know, as many games as I want, but this season will be different, so I can't watch as many games as I'd like, but I still, you know, keep track via highlights or even going back to watch some of the games, so with that being said, um, I did watch a good handful of games um, last week, um, starting with, I thought the Bucks. I mean, when they were healthy in that first game, I thought they looked pretty good, and I think people were sleeping on the reigning champs, as surprising as that is, you know, people weren't mentioning them as like a threat um, to repeat, but I think they're very much a threat right now. They're going through a lot of injury issues. I think Portis is still out. Um, Lopez is out. Um, DiVincenzo is still not back. Like they have a very long injury report. So um, I think they'll probably start the season, even though they're still getting wins. I think they'll start maybe a little slower than they want it to. Um, and another surprise for me, I have two more, the Nets. They are, I mean, they got that win over Philly. That was a good win, um, but Philly choked. <laughs> it was yeah. more so Philly to me that, because I watched that game. Folded. Yes, it was more so Philly choking than the Nets, like, really, like, rallying. But with them, I think it's obvious, not that they need Kyrie, but you can see they're very, like, they can be beaten. They're very vulnerable. James Harden, I don't know what's going on with him. I, I don't think it's the fault. I see people saying, is because he's not getting the foul baiting calls. I don't think that's it. James Harden's too good of a you know basketball player to be averaging. I think he's averaging like 20 points because of foul call. I just think he's not being aggressive enough. He's in the mindset of um, like Kyrie is still playing. So he's, he's like trying to force feed lobs to Claxton. He's not trying to look for his shot. And to me, James can't play that way without Kyrie. Kyrie's there. Yeah, that's the role James needs to play. But without Kyrie, he has to be more aggressive with looking for his shot. Or the Nets can be beaten. 
So um, that's interesting to watch. And finally, on to the rookies. I've watched, um, you know, a lot of um, Cavs, not a lot, but I've watched Cavs games. I've watched um, Pacers games. And the two rookies that have been, or three, I should say, three rookies that have been the most impressive to me are um, Scotty Barnes, Chris Duarte. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not sure. People pronounce it different, but I think it's Duarte. So Chris Duarte and um, Evan Mobley. And Evan Mobley. <laughs> Evan Mobley. I said that he could. I know everyone's all on Cade. Rightfully so. Cade's very polished. But I said if Evan ever, like, put it together, he could be, like, the best player in the class. And already, like, Cade hasn't played. He's injured. But already, he's so raw. He has no weight. But he's averaging, like, I think he's averaging, like, 16, 8, <laughs> and, like, 6. <laughs> and playing surprises and playing really good defense. Very good defense. Like, he's going to be, like, he has defensive player of the year, like, in his future. And he's already, the one rookie that has disappointed me is Jalen Green. I picked Jalen to be um rookie of the year just because he's going to get shots, and he's, like, a scorer. I knew that that award is mainly for, like, counting stats. But he hasn't even broken double digits, you know, through two games. And that's a bit surprising to me. And I think he'll pick it up. It might be like an ant situation last year where he, he starts off slow. And once he gets more comfortable, he, like, takes off. But um, I can't lie. He's been a bit disappointing to me. But what do you think? What, what have you seen around the league during opening week that has surprised you or you just liked in general or disliked? Um. Things that I won't say, I won't say it surprised me because I think the the precursors for it were were shown in preseason. Like the Bulls are good. They yeah, beat, they're they, very fun. Yeah, they beat up. They played the Pistons twice and uh, without Cade and the Pelicans without Zion, and they beat you know that first night. They actually it was a pretty competitive game with the Pistons. Yeah. And I was like, eh, maybe, maybe not. My piss is looking good. I don't know. But then they just came out. It's like, it's not just that they're winning. It's the way they're winning. And, it, you know, I don't, I still don't know if they're a championship contender, but I, I'm really, I'm willing to eat my words on them being a playing team because they, they just, they fit. And that was my yeah. concern. And they still aren't going to play defense, but you kind of oh, said no. it, you said it, the offensive fit is so good that, yeah, man, they just gonna win more games than than not just off of that. And their test is coming up, by the way, from October thirtieth to I think like November seventeenth. They play they play like all playoff teams. Yeah. So yeah, we, their test we, is coming up. We'll see. And so I, I really because even though I didn't think they'd be good, I like literally every player on that team. So I'm happy that they're actually cooking. Like I, I want them to have success. Um, so I'm happy to see that. Uh, the Warriors, same thing with that. I, I kind of backtracked on it a couple episodes ago because, like, if you looked at their numbers and their winning percentage when it was Steph and Draymond and no James Wiseman, like, they actually were a good team. And then when you have the Jordan Poole glow up and it's like, oh, wait, they actually are decent, right? So that's uh those are the two things where it's like yeah they're going to be good they're going to be i still don't think the warriors are like a top three seed in the west it wouldn't totally shock me but i still don't see that right but yeah. the bulls are not a play-in team i don't think that's happening i think i think they they're a top six team in the east easily and um 
a team, I, I guess, a team, I, something I was right about. Hey, man, the Wizards are good. The Wizards oh, are yeah. good. The Wizards they are good. Are good. I can't lie. Yeah, they are. Uh, <laughs> they are entertaining. They're fun to watch. I just, you know, it kind of hurt as you know, Spencer Dinwiddie was my number one uh, free agent acquisition, given oh yeah how like given cost, given how likely it was going to be for him to leave his team. Um, we could have facilitated the sign and trade. We we could have him, and it hurts. We'll get into math stuff later, but that that I'm happy to see that because it's like, damn, Spencer Dinwiddie is good. The Wizards are going to be fun. It's crazy. Uh, it's really really interesting because like I like Westbrook, I really do, but they're going to be a much better team than they were last year. I don't even think it's. Oh debate. yeah. I don't even they think have more debate. players. Yeah. They have more NBA players. Yeah, and um, even Kyle Kuzma, like. I got packed up a little bit on the timeline and somewhere I was like, yeah, man, if this Carl Kuzma thing falls out, I'd take him on the Mavs and I, I would, he can play. I, I, he can play. He's not great. He got overrated because he's a Laker, but in watching him, I'm like, oh, he's, he's just a solid NBA player that got overrated because he's kind of a young weirdo and he played for the Lakers. But I like Kyle Kuzma. He's a solid NBA player. He's better than Reggie Bullock. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he's he'd be a, and he only makes like third, twelve, thirteen million dollars a year. So he's just a good NBA player. I, I like what the Wizards are, are doing. And Montrez Harold, I don't know what he been eating in all season. That dude is in shape. He lost a lot of weight. He he he's in shape. So that's gonna be. I'm gonna keep my eye on the Wizards. That's kind of. Um, I hate to admit this, but the way the Mavs look through the first six and a half quarters, well, six quarters of the season. I was like, damn, I'm going to have to adopt the Wizards as the team that I like to pay attention to that's fun. It gives me joy because the Mavs just was looking like ass. That's how far out the window I was. <laughs> but um, uh, something else you touched on, dog, Evan, Evan Mobley can go. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, you said a couple episodes that, you know, you think he should have been number one. Um, our guy Slingy on the, on, on, on the app. The bird app, he's been Evan Mobley number one. And I think y'all are right. It's just, I know it's just a few games, but he just got it. I don't even know how to explain it. It's just you watch it and he just has it. He's productive already. You know what I'm saying? He's just a productive yeah. NBA player. And you see when you're productive and you're raw as hell like that already, and you see the uh, foundation, like if your foundation is what he is right now, like the sky's the limit. And that has kind of jumped out. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't watched Jalen Green. I guess he hasn't scored a lot. Um, yeah, he's, he's been, I mean, I knew he was going to be inefficient. Like I predicted that he, my stat line for him, my prediction, it was like 16 points and like 38% from the field. <laughs> like yeah. I knew he wasn't going to be efficient, but he's yeah. not even cracking double digits yet. Yeah, he's, uh, he, he gave me Chucker vibes. Yeah, but he ain't even really even doing that because he just ain't putting the ball in the hole at all. So mm-hmm. that, that'll be interesting. Um, I will say this with Chris Duarte. Hey, man, Buddy is getting buckets, but he is inefficient as hell. And I, I looked it up last night. I was I saved it for the pod. Like, go look at Dennis Smith Jr.'s first, like, 10 games. 
it ain't that crazy. They they were comparable numbers from an efficiency standpoint. I'm just gonna say that. I'm I not, will say that. I'm, I'm I know not, what you're saying. No, finish, finish. Sorry. No, ahead, finish. let me be clear. I'm not saying Chris Duarte is only as good as Dennis Smith Jr. I'm not saying that. I just I've seen a lot of posting of his raw stats for the dude that is 23, and I'm like, he's good. He's being productive. I know Rick Carlisle is his coach, and um, so, he, you know, he's a rookie that's being productive, and I'm just, I'm like, let's bump the brakes just a little bit, just a pinch, just a smidge. That's all. Okay, so the first game he played, he scored 27 on, like, 60% <laughs> like right. from the field. Right. Then his efficiency kind of took a dip in us last two games but I will say that he is he's he was thrust into and you can tell that first of all I'm not surprised maybe a little surprised but Rick trusts him like Rick drew up two game winners for him two Uh, you know yeah so but with with that he's in a role he's been thrust into a role that he probably shouldn't be in anyway because of the Levert injury so he's like starting for them yeah and I think it's just like his efficiency won't be there in a starting role, especially if he keeps getting shots, he's a bench player. Like at the end of the day, like he can start and be productive, but his optimal role, at least on the Pacers, is that he, you know, comes off the bench and contributes there. So I think his, like once Levert comes back and I don't know what they're going to, I don't know about TJ Warner or whatever, but once the Pacers get their, you know, starting lineup together and he starts to come off the bench, his counting stats are going to drop, but his efficiency should go up. Yeah, and, and he, let me be clear, like, the way he's doing it, it's, in my opinion, it's not a bunch of bad shots. He was missing decent shots, but he's a little, he was kind of, what do you go, 6 for 21 last game? Like he's just Yeah, kinda, 6 for 21, yeah. yeah he was just kind of chucking a little bit, and that was wild because I felt like Malcolm Brogdon could, was doing whatever he wanted to do, and uh, Rick was going to Chris Dorote with the game online, which was Exactly. Which was I think very, it's, it's very interesting. He's a- better I don't want to say he's a better shooter than Malcolm but his he can get his shot off better than Brogdon yeah. if that makes yeah. sense no it, Brogdon's it, form is kind of weird yeah. so um yeah. yeah he can get his shot off better it, it, I love Malcolm Brogdon but it, he he it's just clear out the side of the floor for him and tell him to get a bucket he's efficient as hell but that's not him if that makes yeah. any sense exactly he's just that's not him so it makes sense um yeah that's pretty much it as far as like around the league things that stood out I'm trying to think what else has been interesting um oh the lakers stink oh that was gonna bring oh up. the lakers they stink. Are horrible They're they horrible. stink they stink they no like that's not this ain't something that's gonna squash this isn't something like that don't work uh westbrook i don't know where he's gonna end up at i don't know if he's gonna end up off the bench but no way that, they're that not benching 44 million dollars well then they're, they're they, then they're gonna have not. then they're gonna have to trade them something or brian idiot center start idiot center like to me like they are like vogel is being stubborn and i know they wanted to go back to the two big kind of formula that they won with but they didn't really win with that like if we go back to that playoff run in the playoffs dwight and javel they barely played yeah they, they barely uh, played, so that's they, not the formula to win. I, I want to say they maybe played the first round, but second, exactly. third, they fourth, the them, round. them boys yeah, won. They were done. Them, them boys didn't play at all. Them boys was getting 
less than 10 minutes per each game. And it's like, I just, dude, Anthony Davis, I, that's that. I, I'm, I, we blame in Vogel. We know who AD, really, yeah, we, we really know who has the power on these, in these franchises. AD makes, I think Vogel makes what, less than a third of what Vogel makes. Like, we know who's, we know why that's happening. Let's quit yeah. lying to ourselves. So, saying <laughs> it is what it is. And, but if they're going to keep leaning into that, I think they're going to lose. And I think like, it does have 04 Lakers written all over it. It really does. Because them boys are actually, shit, I think they might be older than the 04 Lakers. Yeah, people are saying with that comparison, people are like, oh, don't you remember that the 04 Lakers made the finals? And yes, that's true. But um, in this scenario, like, I, I just hate that Westbrook is getting scapegoated because don't get me wrong, he's been bad. Except for last game, I think he he was better, but Throughout the three games, he's been pretty overall bad, but he's getting scapegoated when he's not being put in a position to be successful in the first place. Like, there's no way you have Russell Westbrook on your team and you're starting to, like, AD is not a three-point shooter. Like, I know the bubble, like, he was, his jumper was on, his three-point shot was on in the bubble, but at the end of the day, we know what happened in the bubble. Like, I don't like to say that the bubble is fake. I'm not one of those people, but it's well documented from the players themselves. So many players said the bubble is a shooter's gym, like just the sight line and everything it made for like shots to go in. So other than that, take out the bubble. AD's a 31 career percent three-point shooter. DeAndre Jordan don't shoot threes. LeBron, I think he is, he's at like 50% for the season so far. But you know, LeBron is not like a, a three-point sniper. So that's like already three guys in your starting lineup Westbrook can't shoot either so that's four guys and then Bazemore is streaky so you just got a 1970s squad <laughs> like uh, you got 1970s basketball playing out there and that's just not gonna work that's not gonna work LeBron like I can't remember the last time I see him not that the last time I've seen him like being like as less aggressive as he was in those last three games at the rim like Ron is just shooting like jumpers, jumpers. Like that's not, that's not sustainable. They're gonna have to. And I know someone asked Vogel, um, one of the reporters asked Vogel, like, "Hey, <laughs> what's going on with the starting lineup? Are you gonna switch it up?" And Vogel was like, "Well, we'll see." He was kind of just like, "We'll see." So I don't, I don't know. But AD needs to get over himself and get his six ten, or is it two forty, two fifty, however much he weighs. He needs to get his ass in the middle. <laughs> and stop this nonsense. He he getting older, bro. Like when you get older, you're supposed to move to the to every Tim fucking Duncan is the greatest power forward of all time. And he played and, center and a lot. He yeah. moved his ass to the to the five in his late twenties. Mm -hmm. Pretty much was a five. So he For retired. the rest of his career. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just and that was that was the dark ages where, you know, we didn't have bigs shooting threes. You know, AD, you, it is 2021. Get your big ass at the five. It's, it's <laughs> exactly. like, what are we doing? I don't even understand what we're doing. Like, who's he banging with to where he's not comfortable with that? Who's he banging with the West? That's what I'm saying. Like, other than Jokic and Jokic, I, I get that because you saw in the playoffs when they matched up, like, even though Jokic couldn't guard him, he couldn't guard Jokic either. Yeah, right, <laughs> like, right. Jokic baby him. But, like, other than Jokic, 
Like, there's no, like, I mean, is he scared of Valanchunas? <laughs> like, right, is he scared right. of Steven Adams? Like, is he scared of, like, you? and even then, you're supposed to be a defensive player of the year caliber player. You can't tell me you're afraid of guarding centers. Like, I don't want to hear that. 6'10", 250, and you're supposed to be, like, a defensive player of the year type player. Do not give me, don't, don't tell, don't say that to me. I'm, I can't, I can't hear that. That you're afraid to be banging in the post. Like, no. I don't want to hear that. Yeah. It's absurd. I uh I do not think that that is going to be something that I I, I think there's either going to be a roster move. I don't think they just gonna naturally work that out though. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think that just gets naturally worked out and and they become the Lakers like everyone knows and loves uh, I think they got problems I really do um yeah and I think they'll be a top five I still do honestly I think they'll figure it out because I did expect them to try to start slow but like top like being a top seed even top two mm, I'm not sure about that yeah the uh the Clippers may stink too um along those same lines like the thing, the, the reason really? is think so? I know it. I know it's two games. I know it's two games. But dog, they, 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 they are relying on Eric Bledsoe a little bit too much in them two games for me to feel comfortable with that being a, a strong. Now it's just two games. I know it's two games, but and Paul George was leveling up. He was doing his thing, but they still lost. And I'm like, mm-hmm. hey dog, they need Eric Bledsoe. Like that's why they traded for him. He is. He's valuable. He's important to them. And I just wouldn't be comfortable in the West with any team shit in 2021 relying on Eric Bledsoe. That's just like, my see, I, I, I get that, and I get what you're saying, but that's, like, I feel like Eric Bledsoe has stepped up as, like, the second best, best player right now, but mm-hmm. he shouldn't be. Like, even yeah. with the players they have, like, yeah. Marcus Morris has been doing cardio the past like, <laughs> couple games he hasn't been doing anything and you're getting paid he's getting paid 60 million dollars so he is someone that has to step up um Reggie Jackson came back to earth um yeah, we knew from the that playoffs. was coming though, we knew we knew that that was coming, though. Yeah, he, yeah but like I think Paul George he he's been great can't yeah. lie you know I I have my PG agenda you know that but that's something for like the timeline I don't I should say I don't like this like Paul George as a person I don't know the man so I guess yeah, it's nothing yeah. like that it's just that I wasn't a, not not that I'm not a fan of his game but I wasn't a fan of you know over the past few years he had an excuse for everything under the sun and that was a bit tiring to me so that that's like my oh Paul George in there but like seriously speaking like he I had him as a like a I had him finishing like top three in MVP because we know he he looks to be more comfortable in a number one kind of option role. Um, and he said it himself, and you saw it in the playoffs. Like he when Kawhi went down, he stepped up. He he did his thing. So um he's gonna do his thing all season. But the thing with that is Paul George, I mean, he if he doesn't stay healthy, you know he's missed a chunk of games like the past few seasons. So one can expect that he's gonna miss a chunk. Um this season as well so I can see what you're saying that they'll stink but I still have them in like the upper echelon of playing teams and when I say upper echelon um I mean like seven eight so like I see them seven eight yeah and you you know what I need to I need to clarify when I say a team stinks 
I almost say stink in comparison to where expectations were at. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think a lot of yeah, there's a lot of pundits, Maverick fans that still had the Clippers being better, like being like a top four or five seed in the West. And it's like, no, nah, fam, I don't, I don't see no. that. I don't see that in their future at all. In the I don't Lakers, see that either. you know, I think hell, I think the Lakers were the favorite to get out the. Still, may be actually the favorite in Vegas to get out the West. Nah, no, they will not be a mm-hmm. top three seed. I, I will bet anything on that, right? And um, yeah, so that's why I say stink. Killian Hayes stinks. He's just a bad. He's just bad at basketball. Uh, that's a different level man. of stink than when I say when I say that. Oh man. I'm just, hey, hey, I know, man. I know. I'm just, I'm low key, just be, I'm being facetious. I'm just messing with yeah, you. All no, that. but he's saying, he, he, he does. He, he does, and it's bad <laughs> because, like, you can tell he, like, worked out this offseason. He's trying to be better. He's just not good at basketball. Maybe it comes. I don't know. He's just not good. Now, he can't score. He can't score in the NBA. Yeah, like, so it's, it's, it's a bit apparent at this point. He, he, he has tools that could work on the NBA. Like, he's still, I still believe in his, like, playmaking and all that but with playmaking you also have to be able to at least score he cannot score <laughs> at, yeah. at all so yeah yeah and um I, I yeah I think the Clippers are gonna be mid I think the Lakers are gonna be mid based on expectations um yeah I, I just I don't I think those are things that aren't like short-term fixes I don't think those are unless the roster changes i just i don't i don't think it's overreacting personally yeah especially that's, that's, that's especially fair. with the lakers because it's like it didn't make sense to begin with but we just saw it's brian it's ad it's russell westbrook it'll they'll figure it out and it's like eh, we all kind of knew it, they weren't it wasn't gonna be easy at least yeah and um i want to say one last thing that i've been surprised about um that i will eat my words on like i said this is it's only been it's only week one so all these are like in a vacuum you can say all these um comments and reactions are overreactions but i will say i will eat my words especially if this you know sticks on the grizzlies i said that the grizzlies um were worse this year they were going to be like so much more worse and that um they might have comp like they'll be at like the 10th seed i had them at like 9 10th seed but i can see a world where the grizzlies are even like fighting the clippers for like that upper echelon um spot because steven adams he don't look too he don't have bad man i thought steven Steven adams was done for i thought steven adams was on on his path to getting bought out I thought Steven yeah, Adams exactly. was, was headed down that direction. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. He he can like passing from the yeah. high coast. He's he's running like he looks good in the pick and roll with Jaw. Like it's 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 not half bad. It's just really not no, half bad. Not and I like that hedge. That was a good hedge by um Memphis with because clearly they wanted to kind of bring Jaron slowly along to play the five, but it's similar to Porzingis where it's like um he can play the five, but it's defensively even though he's I, I would ah, I wouldn't necessarily say he's like hands down better than poisoning this defensively definitely more switchable but um if we're talking like 
in the middle it's a little shaky just because he can't rebound <laughs> at all yeah. um so it's a little shaky so if that heads with getting Adams where you can um you know kind of um switch it up I, I I like that Memphis they they might have been on something because Ja Ja looks like he's taking that scoring you know leap you just have to hope he stays you know healthy but if he looks like he's gonna crack like 20 plus points this season yeah I, Ja Ja to me uh, I don't even know if I've talked about it on the pod, but Ja is one of them ones. He's, I don't, I feel like we don't put him in the category with like Luca and Trey. And I don't know if he's on Luca level, but I, I don't think he's that far off from them guys. Oh, he's not. I, I like I John. He's I, one of my I top really, five. I, I don't. I really don't. And I know it's a one game sample, but he looks dead. Curry, Steph Curry dead in his shit was like, you going home. And, and, and took it to him and it's like for a young player to do something like that to me that's and he I mean he's good anyway like since he's been yeah, average the, 35 and or was it 30 I think it was 30 average 30 in the playoffs yeah since he's been a grizzly in games he's played they're like a playoff team full stop mm-hmm. like they weren't before he drops down and like boom they're they're good at it and if, if it was uh I feel like if they were if he was like in New York the perception of him would be totally different. I feel like oh, you, yeah. you got to be like almost a, I, I hate this term, but you got to be like a hardcore fan to really appreciate just how good he really is. But he's really good. He's, he's, I mean, if you let me choose between him and Trey, I don't know if I take Trey. And I don't think a lot oh, of people. Okay. Say, I, <laughs> I, I I'll take Trey for now, but with, with Jaws, like if Jaw, I think he's working on, and it's the early returns are great, but I think he's working on finding the balance between like scoring and finding his teammates. I feel like last yeah. year a lot of his issues were he was so passive scoring the ball, like he was at 17 again. And if you yeah. know Ja, like Ja can average more than that. Or I think he was yeah. like 19, 17, but you know he could score more than that. And I think this year, like I said, early returns, but it looks like he's he's still setting up his teammates and he's um getting his game off. So yeah. I think in the future, yeah, I don't know if I'll take him over trade. <laughs> right I know, that's, a, that's a bold right statement. Now. I acknowledge it's a bold statement. I'm just saying moving forward. I think yeah. if you even shit, man, I think if you switch them spots, I don't I don't think the Hawks, I don't think anything changes for where the Hawks go. That's just hey, it might be a controversial take. I don't know. And I like Trey Young. I think Trey Young is really good. But some team, and it's weird because we just watch the team we root for and not try to figure this out by posting up uh, Dorian Finney-Smith on him over and over again. And I just think there's he's – I think he won those two playoff series because he they played the perfect matchups to not exploit him defensively. Mm-hmm, I'm just, yeah, and, I agree. And eventually that's going to be like – it's going to be glaring and he's been able to skate by. He skated by with that the last two off seasons because they, they played Ben Simmons and then they played uh, uh, the Knicks so he could guard Reggie Bullock. And I just think like eventually a team is going to throw a roster out of him where it's like he looks like Seth Curry and he's just giving up all the points. And I, I just see that coming. So that's it. That's it. Uh, that is, a, that is a tangent that we didn't plan on going on, but oh yeah, <laughs> but I that, that's all my taking. But Trey's the truth. I, I wish I, we're Mavs fans. We're supposed to wish bad things for Trey, but 
I, I like Trey. Never. I, really I, I love Trey. Uh, I, 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 I like Trey. I like Trey a lot. So uh, I like him. He has he has swagger to his game. I like guys that have swagger to their games. I just so. I just like him because he embraces what he is and he, he could have folded. Like he could have folded that rookie year. And you could tell it. Oh, yeah. You could tell the how Luca was going off, and he was he looked he stunk the first half of his rookie year. Oh yeah, he, he was horrible. Yeah, horrible. He, he didn't fold. And to me, I to me, I don't I, I like the guys that have like athletes and in life. It's easy when everything was peaches and cream for you your whole career or your whole life. Um, I respect the dudes that fall down and have turmoil and grind up out of it because that's. That's life, you know what I mean. So yeah, that's that's another reason why I root for Trey. And I, I know a lot of his fans; they are obsessed with the big Slovenian that plays for us. And it's like I get it. I, they, I it's a lot. You know, Atlanta, one of the black cities in America. So I know there's a lot element that they they feel like our guy gets propped up because he's a white dude. And I, I get it. I get it. I think it's bullshit, but I understand why you would feel that way. But Look, I, I don't care. I still love Trey. I'm still going yeah. for him to do well, except for the two times a year he plays the Mavs. Yeah, he plays them exactly, precisely. So, um, speaking of the Mavs, whew, oh boy, now we're here. We're here. <laughs> we're here Four, to talk about the Mavs. Man, we was trying to keep this short, but we what forty minutes into it. I I hope this ain't an hour by itself. Oh no, we'll not. We'll we'll try to um control ourselves. So yeah. um, I guess we can start off with that um unofficial first game it don't count in my eyes but that's i guess the nba pre-season. is counting it that's the yeah. preseason game we just and the nba is counting it so yeah. i guess we have to talk about it so um i guess i'll i mean i'll start with um the fact that i my worst fears <laughs> kind of reared its ugly head that entire first game because they because offense okay so we started off I think we started off like on a 10 to 2 run like the defense looked good we were getting mm-hmm. out in transition mm-hmm. all of that but when the Hawks started to make more shots and we couldn't make shots the game shifted so I've been saying um on the timeline I mean I'm, I'm sure most people have heard the term oh defense leads to offense that's very true because we get a stop you can push the ball before, like, the other team's defense gets set, and you get an easy bucket. However, it's it's a cycle. So defense leads to offense, but good offense also leads to good defense. So you can't be bricking shots and expect your defense to hold up for a game. That's just not going to work. And I think that happened to the Mavs. Their defense looked good to start but their offense couldn't make shots and it just fell apart. You're, you're bricking threes. You're grabbing the rebound. They're pushing and they're getting buckets. Like that's, that's what was happening. So um, the kid offense, like that too big a lineup, scrap it. It's done. We've seen two, two games of it. It's been horrible. And people could say, Oh, well, it was good two years ago. Yeah. It was good under Carlisle. And I know, um, there's been a big thing with um the gambler he's resurfaced and he's like on a whole press tour um on twitter and he's doing podcasts and i mean that's his right you know he several stories have been written about him and he didn't get a chance to say his piece so fine you can say your piece whatever 
I'm just not indulging because I think it's a bit corny, especially when you're telling like all the business of the front office, you know, it, it seems a bit corny to me. So I'm not indulging. However, I did see, I mean, he has me blocked too, so that, that helps. But um, <laughs> I saw he said, uh, I saw that he said something like spacing was like really emphasized with, you know, Carlisle and the old regime. And they used to like paint like spacing boxes on the floor to get guys to know where they need to be standing. Well, let's bring that back. <laughs> I don't like Bob, but let's let's bring that part back because these they have no they don't know where to be on offense yet, especially with the starting group. They don't know where to be. Like it's it's the, the spacing is just horrendous. And I'm like, we at home we could see this. Like how are coaching staff that have way better basketball minds than us? That's not get this twisted. I am not saying I have a better basketball mind than Jason Kidd. <laughs> that is not what I'm saying at all. However, two people are posting up at the same time. You have two people cutting to the basket at the same time while Luca is in the lane. It, it makes SJ, no sense. SJ, Dwight Powell cut to the rim while KP was posting up. It, it makes like, no like sense. Like in the paint. Like in the paint. Like what? It makes uh, no sense. They uh, don't know what to do. And it's clear that um, you're emphasizing more cutting and player movement, but one person at a time, please, especially if Luca's driving, you can't have everybody cutting to the paint at the same time. It makes no sense. And um, it just it just looks so clunky. And I think that the lineup, it just threw everything out of rhythm and no one could make shots. And they're saying, oh, first game jitters. I don't want to hear that. How long is it? That was Brunson. I'm like, Brunson, this is your fourth year. Like, come on, stop it with first game jitters. Like, grow up. You got no rookies on this team. Josh Green didn't play. <laughs> so we're not, I don't want to hear about jitters. Like these are like seasoned veterans at this point. And the offense just looked horrible. I, I was very worried. And then you thought, okay, after the first game, after that horrible blowout, because I didn't watch, I can't, I'm not going to lie. I did not watch the um uh, fourth quarter of the first game. Why would I? <laughs> it was horrible. So I didn't watch the fourth quarter. Um, But onto the Toronto game you you before then you could say okay good news is we will make more shots you know this can't get any worse well we were down like 16 to 2 in Toronto in the first quarter so yep it was worse same same issues horrible spacing with that first with that um starting lineup it just does not work it does not work if the white Powell is not the primary screener and roller for one, because he does not stretch the floor. Therefore, his man, the man that's guarding him, will be in the paint. So you use Dwight as a primary roller. With that being said, Porzingis cannot be posting up <laughs> with Dwight Powell in the game. It's, it's not going to work. Porzingis in that lineup has to not, obviously not on every possession, but primarily he has to be used as a floor spacer, which is why I said from jump, I said weeks ago, you can check the receipts. And I don't like being right, especially in this situation, because me being right means that we stink. <laughs> and I don't want that. Clearly, I wanted to be wrong. But I said weeks ago with this lineup, if you're not going to play it the way Rick played it, do not play it, period, because it's not going to be efficient offense. Porzingis doesn't like being primarily used as a floor spacer. I get that. 
Therefore, you need to play center because if you play power forward, you're going to have to space the floor because Dwight Powell has to be used as the primary screen and roller. It, it's simple. It's pretty simple. And you see it. You see it. Porzingis is trying to post up. You have Dwight's guy on him. Dwight's like trying to cut Dwight. I, I, I saw a play last night in the first half. I think like Dwight and um, Luca was trying to run a pick and roll while um, Porzingis was posting up. Like, where? What? What are yeah. we doing? <laughs> like, what are we doing? And clearly, the coaching staff saw what we saw and scrapped that whole offense in the second half. Um, the two big lineup barely played. They barely played. It was um, either Powell at center or like Porzingis at center. And Willie, Willie stopped getting minutes. Willie's horrible. I, I predict Willie will be gone by trade deadline. Hundred percent. He he's gone. He's done. Willie Willie's horrible. <laughs> like Willie can't play. Yeah, so um, he, he he's done. He's done. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I mean, all okay, not to keep it all negative because I did see things that I liked in the second game, not the first game. I don't think anything could have been taken away from the first game. Um, and especially Jason Kidd saying, oh, we got good looks. That's not true, but whatever. But for the second game, once they figured out that, hey, this equal opportunity um, offense isn't going to work, especially with the horrible spacing, they went back to what they do best space the floor, ran pick and rolls, especially high pick and rolls with Luca, and allowed Luca to pick apart the defense. And with that, Tim got going too. Like, I feel like this was affecting Tim as well. Like the horrible spacing and all that. Like, yeah, we know Tim can hit contested shots, but Tim is still like, Tim, I think Tim is more comfortable with a closeout than he is with the guy directly on him, if that makes sense. I feel like the first six quarters, his guys, his like his defender wasn't leaving him. <laughs> his defender had no, his defender didn't need to. The paint was already packed. So I think with the spread floor and Luca running high pick and rolls to collapse the defense, that helped him out a lot. And he scored 22 points in the second half. So I think they just need to, to stick with, Luca picking up our defenses. I'm sorry, it's not sustainable. We know this, but at the end of the day, you did not change your personnel. And what we've been saying for the longest, you cannot play another way with this roster. You just you can't. And the proof and people are saying it's early, but the proof is in the pudding. You can't play another way with it. Dorian Finney Smith post-ups. Like I get, I get the idea that hey, it's Trey Young on Young on him. He's like eight inches taller than Trey Young. So, po- no, yeah, post-ups hey, is not in Finney Smith's game. That's not yeah, his name. Yeah, so, and then, let, 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 I saw that on the timeline, and they're like, well, I hope somebody that's seven inches taller could post up. It's like, dog, post somebody. This is the NBA, my guy. Like, you're just not going to post up another NBA player if you're not good at it. You and just it's a skill. People think you just back down and turn and shoot. Yeah, no, that's, it's just, that's, you have to have footwork. You have you. to have handles. Thank you. you have to have, it's, it's all, it's, it's a skill. You got to have like, core strength, lower body exactly. strength, even for shorter dudes. It's not as simple as folks make it out. And I hate to say this because I'm not that good at basketball. I never was. I'm not going to claim I was some hooper. But you can tell when people say that, like, no, you never actually played basketball because you exactly. think it's, it's just that simple. You didn't play like that. Anyway, I'm sorry. 
Yeah, no, no, you're right. Like he, people are like, I know, people are in my mention set, and I'm like, that's not his game. And you're putting him in a bad spot if you're telling him, hey, do some. He did it. I think the number said he did it two. He posted up twice the entire year last year, and he already had like three. He had, he like had three. three in, I think four. he had three in the first half of the first game. Yeah, three in the first half. Like you're yeah. putting him in a situation where he should not be. In. He should not be posting up anybody. I don't care if it was Muggsy Bogues on him. He yes. should not be posting up anybody. Like that's just shouldn't happen. So I think hopefully, hopefully what I'd like to see for the Houston game um, is that they build off of um, the second half of the Raptors game, like cut the two big lineups out, like cut it out. Like it's, it's just, it's not working. It's it's not gonna and I don't know, I forgot who Houston's starting. I want to say, do they have a double big lineup? I can't remember. I don't know if they're starting Tice and Wood I, I don't or don't, um. Don't give me the line. I, I, yeah. I haven't watched a second of the Houston Rockets. Yeah, they might be starting um Tice and Wood or either Sangoon and Wood. So they have a double big ish lineup as well, but it's it's they they stink like <laughs> they're a bad team. Yeah. So we should we should blow them out. And I hope they build on. I hope they just stop forcing the double big lineup. It's it's bad. Not with the philosophy that you want to play with. Like to me, you can play with a lot more, you know, player movement and cutting with a spread floor, not with um two bigs there. It's not gonna work, and especially if you're committing to forcing this um getting more post touches which by the way it has not been working out <laughs> on yeah. offense like we said but his defense has been great so i can't even like poison because he's shooting like me out there <laughs> but i can't i can't be mad because he has been really good on defense and this is what i said like i won't complain about his offense if he's playing good defense and it's happening so i'm sticking to my word Porzingis has been good I made a post last night about, and it's so funny because I, I, I typed it in anger and I left like two words out, but people still understood it. And it got like okay. a lot of engagement. It's like, if KP just, just only do what you're good at, you're not Kevin Durant, he'd be so good. He'd be worth 28 yeah. million. Just, just bro. If he just did exactly what he did last night, and just not shoot those fucking dark fadeaways and try to dribble and try to take a, a dude off the dribble from the three-point line that isn't another center. Exactly. Like, and it's like, bro, this is just killing me because last year, I don't think he was capable, right? I was just like, physically, he couldn't get it done. He was bad defensively. And this year, he's like, dude, he's a fucking monster defensively. Like, he causes problems like legitimate mm -hmm. problems and you know he got scored over a few times i mean he's not perfect so i get it yeah. but he you know no nobody is just uh totally stopping everything at the rim but don't unless think, you go bear yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the regular season exactly but, yeah exactly and, he, and but dude i think kp had like four blocks yesterday yeah, one, and it felt steal. like he had more. Yeah, and it's it just like, like, more. like it, you could tell when we made our run, he was on people's mind, like, damn, that big motherfucker down there. And that's what it's like, just do that. And it's just, just cut the shit. He, he takes five, I almost say five, five is a lot. He takes like four, three to four shots a game, or it's just like, cut it out. Why are we doing this? This is bad. You don't, you know, it's not going to go in. So why are they even just play defense and take your open shots. And the other thing is just 
get the ball and just turn and shoot. Like anything that involves him backing people down or dribbling. Now, I will say he has his athleticism back. So if he's at the three-point line and he has a big that that flies out at him, okay, go ahead, take that dude off. He did it to Precious. See, yeah, he did it yeah. to Precious. They had a play where he took him off the dribble. You only and he was doing that um last year when he played the Pelicans. We talked about that last yeah. episode when he had 30 in the first half. He yeah. was frying Steven Adams. Yeah. When he played Minnesota. He fried Nas Reed. He Try centers like yeah. OG. Don't be trying to post up OG. Don't be yeah. trying to take like like OG or a Scotty Barnes off the dribble. Don't do that. Don't, nah, don't do that. Nah. Just just raise up and shoot very decisively. Like just do that. Even if it don't go in, I feel comfortable with that. Right. I don't feel if he's posting up and shooting face like bro, and he gets his shot blocked a lot for mm-hmm. he be getting them fadeaways blocked. So it's like. Dude, it's not automatic. It's never been automatic. There's no, um, there's no stat that says that's a good shot, even when he was in New York. And to me, he can still get lots of good shots. And I know they would be assisted, but there's still shots that, in my opinion, only he would be able to get. That they would, they would make the offense easier for everybody on the floor if he just only wanted to take those shots. And net net i'm still happy with him this season because he's yeah been so, I've, I've been happy he's been so good defensively he's not tall man it's just you it's how could i don't even know how to explain it i i, I had an analogy for what player this was yesterday but he has to get his shots for him to stay engaged defensively and it's just like well we just kind of stuck with him so I'm not yeah, he got back. 20 last night and made seven. So that's that's really not good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For a big. Yeah, but was... I don't I don't care. I don't care. You had four blocks that and was not just the blocks, but you were contesting almost everything at the rim. So you can get a pass for a seven to twenty nine. You can. Exactly. Um and that so I'm I'm happy with Chris Asperzangus. Uh I said this would be the best season of his career. I may have been off on that unless he gets hot, which he, who knows, he can, but defensively. Yeah, I don't think he'll be his best, but defensively. defensively he's been mm-hmm. so good that net net, he might be a better winning player this year than he has been in the past. Um, yeah, you're right. Who knows? Who knows? But I guess, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, did you did you finish uh, your, your takes on the uh, first two games? Oh, yeah, I, I did, but I just wanted to say one more thing about um, Luca. Okay, so I don't want anything to be misconstrued here. Luca hasn't been, like, great, great <laughs> either. I don't want – because I, um, I know sometimes it seems like, especially from, for other fans, I know sometimes it seems like um, we treat Luca like, like he's perfect and all that, and we blame, like, a lot of the other guys – and that could be true sometimes, but like, especially for the Hawks game, yes, the equal opportunity offense stunk, but Lucas stunk too. Like, he, mm. he was bad. He was bad. So, um, we can just put that out there. Yeah. And even in the Toronto game, like the first half, like, granted, he had no space. And I mean, I knew, like, when he plays the Raptors, you know, they have long athletic wings, like the archetypes that kind of, um, bother Luca. So, like, OG, now they have Scotty Barnes and all that. So, I get it. And he wasn't all that efficient, but his playmaking, like he finished with 12 assists. This is where um he's similar to Porzingis, where Porzingis, if Porzingis is not efficient, but he's playing good defense, I can live with that. 
same with Luca. If you're not all that efficient, but you're also like like leaning on your playmaking and getting everyone else involved, I can live with that too. So he played a much better game yes um yesterday uh in the Toronto game. But one thing I will say that's looking a bit spooky is and I think I might have a theory as to why that three-point shot. <laughs> Oh boy, he, I, I don't know his percentage. I haven't looked at the splits, but it feels like he's only made like three. Um, I think he went two for 10 last night and then he made one in the Hawks game. So I'm pretty sure he's made like three all year and he's taken, you know, a good amount of attempts. So that's, that's not good. We don't need another year of him starting out horribly. That's, that's not good. And I think my theory is that, especially in the Hawks game, the equal opportunity offense, like of him, like he's he's clearly at this point, as well as Porzingis, I feel like Luca is also a rhythm shooter, especially on his threes. So he needs to dribble a little bit to get them um get them threes to go in. And you saw it, like he was making threes in the second half yesterday. He made the two in the second half because he was getting to his spots off the pick and roll. So he might need um might need those really high pick and rolls to make his threes and he also was doing something that I hadn't seen him do very often last year but did a lot in his second year and it's like taking a bunch of threes that are not from his spots like he was taking a lot of bad threes yesterday in the second half like I saw him take like a one-footed three from the right side and I'm like why are you taking that shot <laughs> you know what I mean like that's not like I felt like last year he did an excellent like, especially after February um, when he like his three-point percentage took off he was taking threes from his spots like and he was doing it kind of like in the flow where people went under his screen okay I'll take the shot and he's he's not doing that so far so I need him to get back on track where he's taking threes from his spot because at the end of the day we're much more dangerous when he's making his threes as well so I need him to that he needs to get on that ASAP to get that better but other than that, yeah, I'm looking forward to see if they can blow out this Houston team. I do not want a dogfight with this horrible Houston team. Yeah. Don't piss me off. <laughs> yeah, I um, I'm happy you said it because I almost we there's been so much anger on the timeline that I didn't even want to put it out there. But I mean, Luca, a lot of Jason Kidd has been getting packed up for Luca just playing bad basketball a lot, and like I get it this philosophy like let me let me start from the top okay so the first game stunk it didn't make sense what we were doing to be honest with you even if we had different even if we had better players it wouldn't be the optimal strategy for regular season wins in my opinion but I could see with a different roster where what kid was trying to do made sense but with the either way it goes, with the roster we have, it really, really, really didn't make sense. Like it, I hate to say it, I was almost like, maybe he's doing this to prove that we need a better roster. Maybe like I'd all almost lied to myself to be <laughs> optimistic to say, yeah, maybe he's running this crap out because he won't like he wants to prove to Cuban and Nico like we gotta upgrade these players because he. You know, if Dorian Finney-Smith was a better basketball player, he should be able to post up Trey Young, right? Like a player that's the third or fourth 
wherever you were, uh, fourth or fifth best player on a championship team. Like, uh, if you look at the Hawks, for example, Cam Reddish could probably post up uh, Trey Young. DeAndre Hunter could probably post up Trey Young, right? But Dorian can't do it. So maybe I was almost like, maybe he's doing this shit to prove we, we can, because it just didn't, it didn't make sense to keep leaning into it, right? But with all that being said, I am happy he finally realized like, yeah, okay, we tried this enough. This, we got to cut, we got to cut the shit. And in the second half of last night's game, you know, they, they opened the floor up, let Luca be Luca, and we won games. Um, I will say I'm not a fan of Jason Kidd. The first uh, opening night game is, I think it's the worst opening night loss we've had in the history of the Mavericks. It's one of the worst games that I've ever seen from a fully healthy Mavericks team that was supposed to be decent, like period in recent memory, like we got destroyed and it wasn't just that we missed shots. We looked bad. But I will say, and I'm not a Jason Kidd apologist. I'm not defending him. I still think he's a mid coach. I do appreciate him trying to do something because let's be honest, Luca with space, Luca with spread the floor and do that. We know it's going to be very good. We're going to win a lot of regular season games, but we also know with our current roster, we know where that's going to end up at. We know where that story, mm-hmm. we've all seen that movie. You know, so I do appreciate him trying something different. Just what he tried wasn't it. It, yeah. it just it just wasn't it, and it doesn't make sense on any level. So I I, I don't know how they're gonna try this. I don't know long term how this goes. We should beat the brakes off Houston. They're just not good. They stink, and I do think they're going to keep trying to integrate other stuff. But those dudes don't know how to run that offense. You know what I mean? They just don't. And Luca, more importantly, doesn't know how to run it because there were some. Luca left some plays on the on the floor, even in the even in that Hawks game. He did, and I don't know if it's the the offense. I don't know if it's. I mean, the Hawks also have two dudes that are kind of made in the lab to give Luca problems. Mm-hmm. So that might have been it as well. I'm not for sure, um, but I, I just know. I'm not willing to pack up Jason Kidd just yet as long as he doesn't lean into things that obviously aren't working because I think the West is going to be too competitive. We can't, we don't have Waste games, yeah. Yeah, we don't have time to experiment. And one thing I appreciated about last night is, hey man, God bless Rick Carlisle. I love Rick, but man, Rick Rick used to do shit that obviously didn't work in plain items that obviously didn't work for much longer than I think people want to, people know, because we all complained about it. So Rick was stubborn as hell, and I hope Jason Kidd shows that lack of ego and just, if some shit's not working, just goes away from it right away. It seems like he did that last year. I mean, last year, last night. And I hope he goes that way, but I, I just really, 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 really hope you can, you can, you don't have to totally flip the script. You can try to do small doses of whatever that offense was the first six quarters of the season. You can try it here and there, but I'm just here to tell you, I will say, I don't care what you do. Dorian Finney-Smith post up anybody isn't, that should never be an option. Not in the NBA game. That shouldn't be something you go to, period, full stop. 
And even Christos Porzingis, like they they know KP, they know him, they know him better than I do. I'm just a fan. So if they know, you know, I theorize that uh, Coach Jenny brought up how like if you don't allow players to do things that are statistically inefficient, it steals their the the joy of the game. So maybe they're I thought she was talking about KP and maybe those god awful post ups are what KP just needs to get his shit off. Um, I think Isaac on the Locked On Mavs uh, podcast brought up how, you remember how the, the Celtics would run? They would always run a post up for Kendrick Perkins. So he would play defense and rebound the rest of the game in the first quarter. Maybe that's just what we got to do with KP. He's just, you know, it's just something we got to do to satiate his need to get post-ups. I don't know, but it don't make sense to me because there's other ways we could get him the ball where he would actually be effective in my opinion, but he don't want to do that for some reason. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, like I said, it's tough because teams aren't like guarding him with like these centers where he, he can truly like get his game off. So with a smaller person, I don't, I, I won't say ego because ego is, usually have has like a negative connotation but I'll, I'll use the word for this particular point I'm making but don't take it like too negative but his ego like sees like a smaller person on him hey I'm seven three and it's same with the with the um concept with Dorian doing it. like hey this person's smaller than me I should be able to get a bucket on them but it's not so simple so I think um if you if he was able to take advantage of those mismatches I think his game would just be he'd be a superstar because at that point you'd have to put a bigger defender on him and then he'd just fight them so he'd be a walking mismatch as he was touted to be like when he was in New York but that's not necessarily true because if OG and Anobi who's six seven and you're seven three if that's not a mismatch then um you know it's, it's a little um it's it's hard because like I said, teams aren't trying to guard him with centers. But at the end of the day, like you said, um, as long as he's playing good defense, I can live with the um I mean not all the time. Let's let me be very clear. 720 should not seven for twenty from the field. That should not happen <laughs> again for at least a long time. But I could have I could live with it, especially when since he gave me four blocks. Um, plus contesting everything at the ring. Yeah, so and, we, we, we need his offense to come come around. Yeah, and he, he, I mean, he blew it on an open dunk, which is so weird because, like, nobody was there. Yeah. And it's he like, should have just dunked it. He was trying yeah, to lay it up. Like. Yeah, it's just there, was, there were good shots that he missed. So I'm not going to pack him up. It's just, it's, it's so far these first two games there's just three to four shots every single game it's like he's missed every single one where it's like he never should have took it and it never made sense to me and um i don't understand why i guess if we got to throw those three to four possessions away so he plays defense it's the cost of being in the kp business but i don't get it but um getting off kp and getting off jason kidd um, K 
KP has played really good defense. I do think the team has played better defense overall. Yeah, definitely so, more aggressive. Way more yeah, aggressive. Yeah, that that has made me happy. That's the thing that's like not to I'm trying not to be negative about all this. That's the thing that's frustrating me is like I see the I see what's there. Like this can be a really good team. This is even as angry as I've been through what 75% of the season so far. Like we've played eight quarters of basketball. We've been asked for six of them. Even as angry as I've been, I see the makings for how this can be a really good team. I really do. And um, I, I, the defense is there. And I don't know, like, I, I don't think if you look at like getting these guys involved offensively the way we have, I don't think they need that to play defense. The only person is maybe Chris Porzingis. And I think he could be, I think Chris does just want shots. I don't know if he, I think you could, if you go to him and say, hey, we're going to have you do this to get your shots instead of that, and you, it'll be more effective. I don't, as long as he's getting the shots, I don't think that'll impact his defensive engagement. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, like he's, yeah, I know what you, like he slept well with 20 shots. Like that's, yeah. that's where he wants to be. Yeah. Like around 20, 20 ish shots. I think that's, because I mean, the shots are a bit like balanced. I think Luca had 24 shots and he had 20. That's yeah. pretty balanced for your top two stars. And I think Tim, I don't remember how much Tim had, but Tim had like the third most, I think, after that. And that's how the, um, I'm not mad if that's how the hierarchy is going. Um, I would just say that I would request for Porzingis to be a bit more efficient if he's going to get so many um, shots. But yeah, I, I think he's sleeping well <laughs> with those touches. I don't know if you saw the post game after the Hawks. <laughs> we got destroyed. We got blown out. But they asked him about posting up and he was, thanked his teammates. For yeah, for fighting. looking for him, yeah. And it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> like dog we got blown out and you are right, happy. And, and he, he's happy yeah and he was happy and it's just like I'm, I'm not gonna hold you when i heard that i was like man he's a lost cause but it's not but then he's playing hard defense so it's like you know what <sighs> brother i don't know if he's ever gonna be like 46 47 as efficient as he was last year Oh yeah, definitely not. Yeah, and I could have told you that. Yeah. <laughs> I could have told everybody. Yeah, that. and you know my big thing, our most listened to podcast is when I was, I guess I looked at his shot attempts per game while we were recording, and it made me angry. And because like, dude, I think I think Chris Brzezinski is going to be like top ten in the NBA in shots per game. I just I really think that's going to be as long as he's healthy, that's going to be a thing this year. I really do, because I think he is right now, actually, as we speak. He's, I gotta look it up, but he's 17, 18 shots per game over the first two games, and I don't see it slowing down. I don't see it slowing down at all. And, yeah, it's not going to slow down. And I will say, he was kind of keeping us in the game offensively. Oh, and first half? First half. Like, it was, it, was, it, was, it was him making threes, and, like, it was KP keeping us in the game, so I'm just like, Man, we in the KP business, and we just have to stick to it. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I feel like all we do is talk about KP, and he's doing his job, and he's such a lightning rod for discussion in the fan base that I want to talk about something else. But it's just stark when he plays defense, even if he's shit 
offensively, he's still a good player. It's just striking seeing it because so much of the discussion around him is him not scoring. And it's just like, dog, if he, he don't really got to score. If he just was the player he was last year, but played defense like he's playing right now, he's worth every bit of that money as long as he stays healthy. And I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but it's the truth in my opinion. Yeah, I mean that's that's true. And like like I want everyone to be clear, this is like we're we're not this is actually one of the most positive Porzinga centered conversation we've had on here in a while. So we're we're not getting on him for anything. We're just we're just talking here. So um No, I think most people are trying to pack him up. I don't think anybody is going to listen to this and be like, Oh well, Porzingis, <laughs> uh, you guys are Porzingis haters. No, I I told you, I'm. <clears throat> I still think Porzingis is a good player. I I would do the trade all over again, especially if you look at what they've done with the resources that they used to get him. I think it's inarguable that he was the best case scenario. But I, I don't think people are going to listen to this and think we're killing Porzingis. Yeah, I mean, but one thing I I'm gonna jump the gun, but yesterday when I was okay, so one thing I will say. This pod is for like all my rational thoughts. Like I'm not gonna use my Twitter the exact same way. So yes, I'm going to overreact. Does that mean I truly believe what I'm saying? No. So when they were thinking it up, I was talking about tank for Paolo Mancero. <laughs> I was talking about tanking for the number one pick. Like that's just you know I, I see Twitter as being fun. So I'm I'm gonna you know try to be fun on there. So um. But one thing I did insinuate because Tim had looked rough and this was, it wasn't just through the first, like the first half of the Toronto game and the, the Hawks game, but preseason, like he never got going um, during a preseason. So I just felt, I felt like maybe he was a system player, like with Carlisle's system and um, that he wasn't going to be as effective this year and then he shut me right up and got 22 but even with that in the second half we kind of played like how we did last year (laughs) and that's how he got the 22 so it's not just like people think it's just accommodating like like I said Luca it's not it's helping Tim as well and he's a guy that you paid he's getting paid 21 million dollars this season and I know it's this you know contract that scales down as the years go on but you gotta accommodate Tim too, not just Porzingis and um, Luca. Um, Tim has to get like he's he's the third scorer on the team, like <laughs> at this point. And he is a role that honestly, as much as you would say, oh, Tim Tim Hardaway Jr. is your you know third best player and your third scorer, it's a role he's been good in. First year, um, he was what at 15 a game. Second year, he was like at 16 a game, and now he's I think he's back up to like. I don't know, maybe 18 a game, I don't know, but he it, it's a role he's been okay in, <laughs> like, you can't even complain too much about it, it's just that it's the problem, we all know he's streaky and all that, but at the end of the day, you got to take that, especially with a volume scorer like him, you just have to um accept it from him, so I would like them to keep Tim engaged as well, and keep, um, keep doing things that kind of accommodate Tim as well. Yeah, and, and that's something else. KP, Luca, all that stuff. Uh, I, I do think we kind of 
they're the two best players. So they're the, we basically act like they're the only two players on the team. They're the <laughs> most important, but we got other guys we got to try to get off to. And like, we need to accommodate to them. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, to kind of just wrap up my thoughts on the first two games, and I, I think Jason, I respect Jason Kidd for trying to do something different because I think he just could have threw Luca out there and let Luca be Luca, spread the floor, play KP at the five, and just let's roll with it. And I do think we're going to do that a lot, but I do appreciate him trying to do something else because we got to try, unless they're going to blow the team up. We know the limits of this roster. We that's why we were so angry about the free agency slash draft, like the lack of change. Because you know, I, there's been a little scuttlebutt about why Reggie Bullock isn't playing. But to me, it's like I like Reggie Bullock, but fuck was gonna change if he played. He can't dribble either. Yeah, not that it would change, but I just to me my issue with the Reggie thing and I get the point that yeah he missed a couple of preseason games so he might not have his legs that's fine but why not just say that to be and I get like there's a history of coaches not answering like rotation questions but don't be like to me I hate not just even kid like you were saying oh you're just angry because you don't like Jason Kidd well that's true but that's not the only reason <laughs> like that's not the only reason like I was mad at um Nick Nurse Nick Nurse did the something similar like Nick Nurse has a history of throwing his players under the bus and pressers and he did it again yesterday he insulted um Boucher mm-hmm. um so I, I I just personally don't like when coaches do that but I just felt like it could have you could have just answered the question because it was a valid question you paid him 10 million dollars to not only bring him off the bench which everyone was like okay but I feel like everyone got over that I got over that fine you're bringing him off the bench but only to play like 15 minutes a game <laughs> that's weird he's st- he was starting for a four seed last year playing 30 minutes a game and now he's playing 15 coming off the bench like that's weird that's just weird but yes you, you're right in the fact that he's not gonna just solve everything you're right yeah and I I I this is my thing like because I, I feel I I understand why people are upset because a, who asked question? Nick Anstead is one of the nicest human beings, you know, on the planet. And you know he wasn't trying to ask, like, a gotcha journalist question. Yeah, I really don't think he was trying to do that at all. He was just genuinely curious, trying to ask a question. And Nick's, Nick's a good dude. He, he's, not, he's not that guy. He's not. He's asked questions in press conferences before. But I do think with Kid being a player... I do. I think Reggie's going through it. Like, if you follow him on social media, I don't know. I honestly still don't know who in his life passed. But Reggie, someone passed away. Yeah. Yeah, but he's going through it. He's going through it, and that's probably just what it is. And I feel like kid doesn't want to put his business out there. And with and I get that, a, but it's the way you. Like I said, I just I'm a bit more sensitive to the way you answer the question but i think this is where kid being a player and knowing what he's going through and being like i'm not telling you his business ain't none of your goddamn business i'm not let me be very clear let me i'm not saying it's right i'm not alleviating kid of not being an asshole i just i'm just how can i explain this i understand if that makes sense and i also understand why people are upset but Mm -hmm. 
I'm not, I'm not putting a value judgment on either side. And I do see how a kid gets perceived as being an asshole for the way he answered it. But at the same time, I, I, I think Reggie's going through something. That I think he just didn't, he doesn't want to put that out there. And I think even, cause that is what Nick asked, like is, he asked was Reggie getting over something and it's kind of obvious that he is, but you don't want your coach to confirm that and put your business out there like that. Does that make sense? Like I, mm-hmm. I, I just, I put myself in Reggie Bullock's shoes, especially even at, through my basic ass job that doesn't have press, press conferences. I've had to take leave because, you know, I had issue, uh, my dad got sick or my, you know, my wife's grandfather passed. Sometimes you don't want to share that with everybody, right? And I'm just a regular person. I didn't want my boss telling my work group that. So that's the only reason why I somewhat understand why kid answered that question in that assholeish way. Um, but I also understand why people are upset. That, that, and I'm, I feel like I apologize for kids so much for somebody who I, I still wish he wasn't the coach even right now. But yeah, I, 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 I do think he's taking too much shit illogically on the timeline because of, shit, he's a woman. Well, because of his past. Yeah, well, at any day, I'm still praying for him to leave. <laughs> I'm just waiting, you know. Obviously, I don't want, and I understand that him maybe abruptly leaving means that we're doing bad. And I, like I said, I wouldn't take that trade off because I don't want us to do bad. But at the end of the day, I'm still hoping we do well. But hey, man, um, hey, hey, I, I'm co- not co- co- coaches get packed up all the time, bro. It's not the end of the world if we lose a coach. We just don't, yeah. we don't relate to it because we had the same coach for. Dog, I'm, you know, hell, I'm pushing 40. 40 is around the corner for me. And oh, damn. That's old. Here you go. There you go. <laughs> but all jokes aside, in my, from, from what, since I've been 20 years old, we've had three coaches. Like, oh, that's a long yeah. ass time, bro. And we've, and since I was, let's see, Avery got the job in 04. So we've had two coaches over the last, what, 17 years, 18 years? Yeah. That's forever. Yeah, not much turnover. That's yeah. what I'm saying. That's forever in the NBA. That's forever. So I don't like if Kid gets packed up at the in this offseason, I'm not going to be like, oh, God, what was us? But I will say, I'm a, I, this is my hot take. I actually. I, if Rick Carlisle was still here, I don't think we'd upgrade the roster. I think we just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Rick is in a, basically in, in Indiana doing the same shit he was doing here. The teams are outstanding offensively, don't play a lick of defense, and it's a coin flip if they're going to win they close games. Like, yeah. it's the same shit he was doing here for 13 years, for the last decade. And that's cool. It's more entertaining, but I actually think what kid is trying to do is going to force them to upgrade the roster. And if oh, yeah, definitely. you, I, I just don't think something's going to have to give. And I don't think, you know, Mark Cuban's not going to fire Jason kid. And there is a new GM who was Jason kid's boy. So I think that might actually Jason kid trying to play this trash ass offensive scheme with the personnel we got. I think they're going to just change the personnel to match the scheme eventually. I really do. 
Yeah, well, um, well, sorry, go ahead. No, I I think it's going to be sooner rather than later, actually. Yeah, well, we just hope. I hope by the deadline we get some, we get a trade or something, because yeah. I I don't know what our record will be by the deadline, but I don't think, I, I, I don't see us being, like, top four, honestly. Top six, yeah, we still could, but not top four, not top four. Um, so hopefully they can make a trade at the deadline that kind of pushes us into that realm, but we'll see. But um, I want to start like towards the end of the pods um, since the season start. Um, and by the way, everyone, this is I'm kind of bombarding uh, Dwight here. He doesn't know about this. So um, so I guess kind of forecasting the week, um, pick your pick which national TV game you're looking forward the most um, to watch for the week and pick your league pass game that you're looking forward to watch most. And you can't pick any Mavericks game because you will be watching those anyway. So, um, I, I mean, I, I don't call me a loser, but I have the NBA like calendar in my calendar on my phone. So I like, have all the games. So I, I'll give you a chance to like pull up the schedule if you want. But for the week, I'm like looking here. And honestly, my national TV game um, for the week, I think I'm most looking forward to, I want to see, honestly, I want to see Blazers Clippers because the Blazers look interesting. They just beat up on the Suns last night, like real bad. And the Suns, the Suns are like one and two and the Suns beat up on like a bad Lakers team. So the Suns yeah. could really the Suns are starting real slow and the Blazers look okay. They didn't um, pay they didn't pay Aiden and apparently the, the owner is a racist. So Yeah, so they got turmoil. Yeah, they got turmoil. So it'll be interesting to see how the Suns do, especially since they've been talking about managing because last year, you know, Chris Paul pretty much played every game but like the last one. So he was pretty healthy the whole year. And they've been talking about trying to get Chris Paul minutes down or at least resting a bit more um this year so if they're starting off slow and planning to load manage Chris Paul a little bit I, I don't know not to say I mean I'm still high on them but I'm just strictly talking regular season here I don't know they might not be because I anticipated them being the number one seed they might not be the number one seed so we'll have to see that so I'm interested in looking at um what did I say Blazers Clippers yeah just because I want to see if Clippers can bounce back and if, if the Blazers are for real. And for my league pass game, I want to see. Hmm. This is ooh, no. I want to see. Oh, this is tough. I got, this I is got, real tough. I got mine. Oh, you got yours? Oh, what's yeah. yours then? Uh Bulls and Jazz next Saturday. Bulls Jazz. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. I think I might want to see Cavs Suns. I'm intrigued by the Cavs. I'm not gonna lie. Then that you, big lineup is disgusting, but I'm intrigued. Hey, Lori Morgan stinks. <laughs> hey, Lori Morgan stinks. <laughs> He's horrible. He's horrible. But I'm. I mean, I like Mobley. I'm sorry. I really like <laughs> Mobley. No, I'm just saying it because I, I jumped out the window for Lori Marketing. I still probably take. Oh yeah, you did. Uh, no, nah, he's probably, bad. I still probably take him on this team, but man, he's stunk so bad this year so far. It's two games, but he has stunk. 
Oh, he's... You need to put Isaac Okoro in there. Take him off the bench. Like, I know... Like, dog, Kevin, 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 Kevin freaking Love has been better than him. Straight up. Flat out. Yeah. Kevin Love's been more productive than Laurie Marketing, which is interesting because I didn't think they was going to play him at all. I didn't think he was going to start at small forward. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, yeah, small yeah. forward? He's a, he's a, people say he's a center, but he's a power forward at the, the, the most. Like, he's yeah. not a damn small forward. Yeah, like, that, the Cavs that. are lucky they have Jared Allen and uh, Mobley in, like, the front court to cover for that. But that would not work if they didn't have those yeah. two, like, twin towers down there. Yeah, and he has stunk. And I, now that you say that, I, I am. There's context. Like, they are starting buddy at the three. Yeah, is, like, come on, man. He yeah. can't. He, come on. But, um. Yeah, so those are the games we're excited for. So again, I'll try to see what I can do. Oh, I know I'll pick that. I didn't, I didn't Wait, give did my, I didn't give my national. I didn't give my Oh national. yeah, what's your national TV game? National TV game. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Does NBA TV count as a national game? Yes, yes, I'll count those. Okay. Oh, damn, we played the Nuggets on ESPN. On Friday. Anyway. Yeah, I know. Um, Hopefully 3-1 by then. I know, right? I'll pick uh for my national game. I'll pick the the first part of that doubleheader, Hornets and the Heat. Uh the Hornets Ooh, Hornet, Hornets been balling. They got over whatever. Whatever they, <laughs> they got over the preseason, but they look like ass the first shit. Two and a half quarters. Of the first they can't game play too. defense. They yeah, can't play defense. Yeah, That's they, a problem. They dude, cannot play defense. No, Rick. Rick was uh, Rick and the Pacers was blowing them boys out. I shit you not. I turned my head for maybe fifteen minutes and they were up. Yeah, I turned it off. I turned it off. Yeah. Like, I'm not watching them blow out. Yeah, <laughs> they were up and they were up and they won the game. I'm like, damn. And then they beat the brakes off somebody the other night. I'm just like, hmm. um. Who was it? Okay. I forgot, but um, yeah, they they can't play they can't play defense. That's the that's their problem, really. I'm seeing like I thought the Plumley brother was gonna be good for them. He stinks. Yeah, he's, he stinks. He's, he's horrible now. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. It should be a um right now it's like two thirty, um at least here, and the Hornets should play. The Hornets are playing the Nets in like an hour and a half. So that should be a fun watch. Oh yeah, League so Pass we'll is still see. free, man. I had League Pass free last year. I didn't appreciate I didn't even know how much it was. It's just forty dollars a month. I do not want to pay it, but oh I pay yeah. for League Pass. I just pay for the whole year. I just take the L and pay for the whole year. Yeah. Um I, yeah I pay I, for it. I don't I have uh that do to watch the Mavs I have to do the uh watch on the TV I have to pay for that direct TV stream. And they oh, yeah, it. yeah, I have to pay for a league pass to watch the Mavs. Yeah, because it was a free, I guess because I was a new customer, they gave me the league pass for free. And I thought it would be like relatively cheap the second year. Hell no, it's 40 bucks a month. And I'm like, that's going to be like a, what, $280 investment. So I might, I'll probably end up doing it, but I don't want Yeah, to. I think I paid like 180 it's cheaper if you go like if you do the whole year so yeah i think i pay maybe like one one six i think 180 maybe for like the whole year i have a uh my the only reason why i won't do it through like because i tried to do it for like a month on the app and then i bought a vpn to watch the maps because i i I refuse like i refuse to pay i want to cut the cord last year so finally i just broke down and did that uh direct it was 
AT&T TV or whatever it was before it's what it's called now. But my, uh, my media room, I have like a 82 inch TV and then I have two 42 inch TVs on the side. So like I watch more than one game at a time. So I can't use any apps. I can't use like the NBA league pass to watch the games on those TVs. So I have to pay some type of cable provider for it. And yeah, I think I'm just forced into paying that $40 a month. I don't want to do it, but I think for me to watch it in the, on those TVs and not like a tablet or my phone, I'm stuck. I think yeah. I'm stuck. Well, we'll figure it out. We're still watching the game, so. Yeah, hey, I still don't think I named my national team. No, I did, I did. Oh, you did, you said I did. Okay, song. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah low-key, the, uh, the Mavs and Nuggets is probably the best game to be in play next week. I know we're biased, but objectively looking at the slate, that's probably... I mean, they're always good games. Those yeah. Mavs and Nuggets are... I mean, granted, like I said, now we have a new coach. Yeah. I just hope on Thursday, because that's a back-to-back for us, so we got to think about that, because we play the Spurs on Thursday. I just hope kid doesn't get embarrassed by Popovich because we think the Spurs are bad, but they have been putting up like a fight. Like they're not good, but they, they're, they're not they're, pushovers they're, either. They're, 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 listen, man, when you have a decent coach and like decent talent, not like like every there's no team and the only teams in the NBA that truly, truly stink are the Magic and like the Thunder. All, the Thunder are not an NBA team. Yeah, like, like all other 28 teams have some players that if you fuck around, they'll beat you, right? So like the Spurs are, like last night, I'll be honest, there's no way in hell Goran Dragic is on, the, like I'm giving that shit six weeks because like, mm-hmm. like, hey, he's not looking that good and they stink, bro. They do. I know they beat the Celtics, but the Celtics might stink. And I just, like, if they stay above the luxury tax, it, they got to pay that luxury tax. It starts the clock, and then they don't get the TV. They don't get the luxury tax payment. So it's like $14 million. I, 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 it, I just, he looks so bad. No one's trading for him. But I do, I still think they're trying to see how that Ben Simmons situation susses out, but I brought that up because even though I think they stink, they still have a good coach and they have athletes. So I don't, so just like the Spurs, I don't think there's going to be a, I don't think the Spurs or the Raptors, the only two just guaranteed wins that you're going to get on the NBA schedule are the Magic and the OKC Thunder. Even the Rockets, I still have my fear because they have they have they have volatility with the talent on their team. Like Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah. can score fifty points. It, I don't think it's Eric likely. Gordon Olas is still there. Yeah, I don't think it's likely, but he's a he can. There's yeah. only so many players that can score fifty points in the NBA in a game, like, and he's one of them. So uh, I, I think. Uh, you know, I think we can win. I think we should blow them out, but I'm still nervous. So I don't think we, with what we got going on right now with this transition, we have to bank wins because I think Jason Kidd is going to keep trying to integrate that boo-boo offense. And I think he's going to need, we're going to need to take some L's to trick Cuban and Nico into like, all right, look, we actually need to get other guys who can do stuff other than Luca for us to even try to do this. Yeah. 
That's fair. But uh, man, that's it, fam. That's all I got. No. Hey, see, we didn't spend an hour talking about the mass. We literally spent an hour. I said this fifty. We know we spent an hour, but it wasn't all Mavs. I oh, mean, I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah. No, but when I said that on the pod, it uh, well, when I said that, I hope we we spent forty one minutes on the first part, and once we got to the Mavs, I was like, we were gonna try to keep this to an hour. That was to the that was fifty eight minutes ago. So <laughs> we we stretched it out. It's all good though. Um, it's weird. I like our. I don't know. People, our uh, our listens are going up because the season has started. And I'm appreciative. I've even noticed like my posts on Twitter are getting a lot more engagement. I think we just, you know, I think we're excited about as a fan base about the uh, team. So I appreciate yeah. that. Hell, when the, whether they're short, whether they're long, people are listening to them. So I thank y'all for that. Hopefully, I just, I, you know, if I can get my light bill paid from doing this, I'd be much appreciated so hopefully we uh keep progressing and we can get to that point so that's it i think that's it that's all i got for this yes, week. Sir. all right once again thank y'all for listening um my name is dwight i'm an old man at 5172 the letters to 214 joined by the young prodigy uh I, she finally admitted, like, she's 21 and in, in a PhD program. So because she said it. I'm 22 now. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. But I'm sorry. She's 22 <laughs> now. But she, when the first, when classes started, you was 21. So you I was, was, yes. You was 21. So I can finally, you know, I don't be want to put her personal business out there. But, like, when I say she's the brains of the operation, she really the brains of the operation. So. <laughs> um, shout out to our sister doing our thing. We proud of her. We gonna support her. And um, uh, yeah, her at is at SJ Basketball Eight. See y'all again next week. Um, hopefully the Mavs run the table. Maybe take one L next week. I pray to God we don't. I, I, I I'm giving them another. If there's 48 minutes in the game, they can run that god off offense. I give kid Jason Kid eight minutes. I don't want to see more than eight minutes of that shit again. And, and mm-hmm. it's just to make KP happy. So hopefully we don't do that and we have a nice week and we're all happy. And Jason Kidd is not pissing off our beloved Nick Angstead anymore. But <laughs> either way it goes, thank y'all for listening. We holler at y'all next week. Peace.